Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of Exodus, chapter 17, verse 1 through 7, Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 5, verse 1 through 11, the Gospel according to John, chapter 4, verse 5 through 42, and Psalm 95. Holy Spirit, our teacher, awaken our hearts, expand our minds and shape our identities today and every day. Amen. Well, good morning. Um, Some of you may be wondering who is this man that I have never seen standing up here. Um, Hi, I'm Tim. Um, I'm the minister for youth and young adults here at Church of the Redeemer. um, And I am thrilled to be worshiping and journeying through the letter to the church in Rome. Um, So let's go ahead and jump in. Um, I want to give some recap from last week because Phil set the table so well for us to continue um, in the book of Romans. Um, He reminded us that we have two different communities that are now coming together as one, unified in Christ, uh, where they have not been doing this before. So this is new, it's hard, it's messy, and so Paul's trying to give guidance on what this can look like. Phil also reminded us that our relationship with God should not be dictated by assuming we are unworthy because we haven't believed enough, we haven't done enough, or that we haven't done all the right things. Because the reality is, is that God shows up through Christ and the Spirit to show us that we are a blessing. He has come to heal us, to reconcile us, and for then us to go and share that hope with the world. Because God is with us where we are presently and where we are moving forward. But how is that possible? Well, that's where Romans 5 enters in. Uh, Before we jump in to explore the text together, though, I would just like to share a little bit of my own story with you all. Now, like all of us, I am a makeup of many things that make me who I am, that create my identity. To share a few, I am a father, I'm a son, I'm a brother, uh, but also I am divorced, I'm gay, and I'm a youth minister. Um, So let me maybe unpack a little bit of that for you. Um, So I grew up going to a very conservative evangelical church. Now, I will not stand up here and say that it was all bad because I gained a lot of things from my church home. A lot of good things that have shaped me and formed me and that has rooted me in the faith that I have today. But as you can imagine, there were also things that I learned growing up that made me question and really caused harm to me for things that I came to learn later about myself, um, specifically regarding my sexuality. It wasn't until later in high school where I started to even understand what that looked like, but my foundation had already been laid for me to question that part of who I was and to make me feel like there was something inherently wrong about that that made me have to try to strive to earn God's love and made me question if I could even live the faith that I had been proclaiming my entire life. Well, that became an unsustainable way of living, as you could imagine, which ended up leading me to a complete breakdown in 2021, where I came out, my marriage of 10 years at that point, 
had to be dissolved, and I walked through my divorce. And while I encountered spaces of encouragement and affirmation, I also found spaces of deep disagreement with the decisions I was making that now put into question my faith in Christ and my salvation. Now, I believe this kind of brings us to something that we may share together in the human experience, that certain aspects of our identity get perceived to be as they're not good enough, or that they're not worthy enough, or that they're just plain bad and wrong. And this could be done by us ourselves putting that on us, or others doing this. And this can come from a variety of spaces, societal standards, academic standards, family standards, or even faith and biblical standards. However, the issue with this mode of thinking is that it starts to create this hierarchy in our mind of this person is better than this person here, or we then try to justify ourselves as better than that person over there. Or perhaps even worse, in the church, it may put us in a space where we start to say who is in and who is out. So why am I telling you all of this? Well, because I have personally found Romans 5 to be very encouraging in my own journey. What we have Paul starting off with is saying we are justified by faith which means we're found right in something or someone beyond ourselves. Well, Paul tells us who that is. That someone is Jesus. And Jesus gives us direct access to grace. Grace is simply something extended to us that we do not deserve, nor can we earn. And this grace then leads us to hope. Hope allows us to stand confident and know that we will share in God's glory because of God's love. Again, it has nothing to do with us or anything that we can do to earn it. God has already extended it to us in Christ and has poured it out within us through the Holy Spirit. And this then is reconciling us back to our creator. It's pointing us back to our belovedness, placed within us since the beginning of time, being rooted in God's perfection and being seen as very good. Even in the fall, where brokenness entered the world, but guess what? God's goodness was never removed from us or the entirety of God's creation. The gospel reading today, the woman at the well, such a beautiful illustration for what Paul is talking about here. We have this woman who is a Samaritan. Two things already that have strikes against her that have placed her very low in society. We know from historical context and just the nature of what we have been told about her that 
she would have been oppressed and deemed as unworthy in her culture and time. But then Jesus comes, a man, and a man of authority at that, who talks to her. That's already groundbreaking. That's already breaking all the boxes. But he not just talks to her, he validates her and he empowers her. How is this possible? The woman was justified by her faith. And Jesus empowers her to go and share the good news that was given to her, that the kingdom of God is near, and that Jesus is extending to her and all who will believe living water that redeems and makes all things wrong right again. So where are we in this? Now, I know I have found spaces that believe we are meant to be Jesus, somehow being the bearer of judgment and deciding who gets to be extended grace. However, I have come to find this wildly inaccurate as we are the ones that need to be daily justified by our faith in Christ. As I shared, I found spaces in my own journey as I came out, as I walked through my divorce, people who did not agree and who did ask questions of, well, how can this be? If you are saying that you love God so much, how is it that you are going to make these decisions? Well, the reality is, is that I know my faith in Christ is through Christ alone, not by anyone else's standards of what they think is right or wrong, but it is simply in Christ. That's what Paul tells us, is that we are justified by our faith in Christ. So we are not living for people's approval or understanding of our faith in Christ. Because the reality is, is that Jesus is and always will be Jesus. And he doesn't need us doing the work that he's already done. It's completed. We just get to receive it. So that leaves us to then question, well, what is our role then? Well, I believe that if we understand the good news Jesus has given us, like the woman at the well did, it would lead us first to recognize our belovedness in the eyes of God and the belovedness of others. I appreciate this line, the testimony that's written that the woman gave. Come and see a man who told me everything I had ever done. That would be a really vulnerable an exposing thing to experience. But that didn't stop the conversation. The woman recognized who Jesus was. She recognized her belovedness. She could see it in his eyes and in his voice. She could hear it. And she knew what he was saying was true, which led her then to do the next thing, I believe, we are also called to do to share that good news and hope 
with others and to bring them in, not to cast them out or to try to put markers of who is worthy or good enough. Because the reality is, is that we are sinners that have been died for. And we are continuously being reconciled through Christ's death, life, death, and resurrection. It's not by anything we can do or even our understandings of it. It's through Christ. Because the reality is, is that God never intended for our primary identity to be centered around being a sinner. He has been working for all of time to reconcile creation back to him. Now hear me. I am not saying that we are just without sin. Y'all, we are flawed. But God already knows that. And there are no points in the gospel where Jesus looks at people that he's talking to and healing and says, wait, 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 hold on. Hey, I need you to tell me all the wrongs in your life, all of your sin, before I can even be here in this space with you. Jesus doesn't do that. What Jesus does is either calls out what he already knows, or he just doesn't care. He says nothing, and he just embraces and empowers and sends people away with life. And then it's with that life that they go and they tell others about the kingdom of God. And they tell others about this beautiful, radical, life-giving hope being extended to all who will receive it. So I think that begs the question of what would it look like for us then to see ourselves and others the way Christ sees us? And how would we treat ourselves and others if we always recognized ourselves as God has always seen us? as good, as beloved, and as worthy.